0: Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership advisory firm. We create talent-centered organizations for founders and CEOs who either don't have the capacity or don't have a talent-centered organization currently. We are committed to supporting your culture and values by facilitating the creation of a healthy, successful company with the best talent, retention and succession strategies as well as providing leadership coaching stick around till the end of the show and we'll tell you how you can be our next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building successful companies in just 15 to 20 minutes here we go
1: Our next guest, Allison Depoli. We are so excited to have you here and learn all about what you do and your journey in business. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself personally, and then we'll get started on the business end?
2: Sure. So first, thanks for having me. Um, always fun to talk to other people about things I'm passionate about. I hope they are too. Uh, <laughs> so I am uh, a business owner. I help employers get budgeting control back into their largest expense. And I kind of arrived at that from the perspective of being the child and grandchild and niece and cousin of entrepreneurs. My whole family owns, they own their own businesses. We're all ungovernable. And um, I was, just grew up in that world where we own businesses and we had payrolls to meet and we took care of employees and they took care of us. And there was a lot of freedom and a lot of responsibility. And it's very interesting how the third generation has sort of shifted the model of business ownership.
1: And how has that? Tell us a little bit about that, because that's really interesting.
2: So my grandfather um, was born in Estonia and came here as a small child. And uh, he was a scrap hauler. So he would buy and sell scrap. He had a big truck and he went to work every day, physical, ripping out boilers and all of that kind of things. His children were like, oh, no, 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 (laughs) not for us. But they were all, they all worked, they all owned their own businesses. Um, They were all serial entrepreneurs. Um, My father built houses. He sold real estate. His last business, which he still owns, is a boutique insurance agency. We do employee benefits. Um, they do employee benefits. Um, my my other uncles own heavy equipment dealers, car dealerships, boat dealerships. They're mostly retired now. Um, and then the kids, you know, my one cousin owns boats, one does cars, and I do insurance. And we all approach our business. Differently than our parents did, and the parents are like, Well, you need to do it this way. And we're like, "Eh." And (laughs)
1: off we go, (laughs) as we do, as we do. That's funny, that is so cool. I love that. I love that it's all entrepreneurship because I don't know, entrepreneurship to me is exciting, and I hope and pray my kids become entrepreneurs. So, I'm not saying that a standard job is bad or anything like that, but but it's different, it is different.
2: And we're all, we've decided that we're all ungovernable. We're we're just, (laughs) we cannot be managed. So we may as well figure out how to make that work.
1: (laughs) I Love that. Um, So this, this business that you're in insurance, you said, correct? Yes. Um, How long have you had your business?
2: So I've had my own business for, in some iteration for the last 20 years. Wow. I was self-employed for a long time and I think there is a difference between being self-employed and being a business owner or an entrepreneur. And so I was self-employed. I was a a representative for one particular insurance company for a long time. And then I left that and decided to expand my practice into uh, another type of service and then pivoted back into the employee benefits world. And I did that for a couple of reasons. Uh, I, one, in, in the enrollment space, I was ac- I was accountable but not responsible for a lot of things, um, or responsible but not accountable, right? So I was needed to deliver this, but there were so many people that needed to do all these things over here that I had no control over, that wasn't for me. And I had come from the benefit space, I'd worked for my parents for a number of years, and I was looking around going, you know, I have all these really great clients. They take care of their employees or they try to take care of their employees and they're doing all of these interesting things. And, you know, they're large employers, they're small employers, they contribute to their community. And there's a really big problem here. And I could have fixed this problem 20 years ago. So why don't I just go back and fix that problem? And that's what I did.
1: So at the beginning, did you bootstrap it yourself? Did you get investors? Yeah, I
2: have bootstrapped my entire life.
1: Wow. So, it becomes easy over time, I guess. It's just like, oh, it's just another thing, right?
2: It, it's just the thing, right? <laughs> like, you know, the, the joke in our office is that we'd like to go one week and not learn how to do something new. Just
1: <laughs> <week>. <laughs> it would be like a vacation, right? <laughs> yes.
2: yes. So we're always trying to figure out how to do something. And, um, we we do kind of work from the philosophy that we want to be as high touch as possible and if we're going to be as high touch as possible when it counts then everything else needs to be processed to death
1: i love that so that's
2: kind of the framework that we work from and and we just we just figure it out sometimes we do great sometimes we don't and and i've really had a we're a team of three now so we're not huge but and we're also all women. So we had to have, we have a lot of conversations about done and good is okay. Let's go.
1: Done and good. And good.
2: It? Yeah. I don't care. Let's go.
1: Yes. Yep. That's a good practice to go by. So when you first opened up did, because you're talking about when you were working for somebody, so many people, so many hands were in there making it happen that you didn't have control, but There's also a lot of things that need to be done where only one person can't do it. Did you immediately hire when you first opened? Did you do it yourself at first and work your way to employees?
2: I always had an assistant type person who um, helped me deal with things that I'm not good at. Um, And as I got older, I was much more honest about things that I'm not good at. And I think that's kind of normal you know you I think when you start out in life you think you have to be great at everything and perfect at everything or or at least I did and as I got a little bit older I thought you know what I really don't like to do this and I don't know why I have to here you do this and so a lot of the administrative and follow up and that kind of stuff was already off my plate so you know that changed when we pivoted Excuse me, when we pivoted the business, but still that kind of work got off my plate, like the back office kind of work and some of the things that really don't have to be done by me, but do need to be done. All of that was already off. Then it it became time for me to hire somebody who, to manage some of the day to day things that I do kind of like to do. That was hard.
1: I can only imagine. So how long did it take you to adjust to passing off the thing that you love to somebody else?
2: Well, some of the things I love, I still do. Um, And some of the things that I really wasn't good at before, like business development and sales conversations, I'm learning to love. Like, I really enjoy it now. Um, Some parts of it more than others, but most of that process I really enjoy. So what I've done is get the day-to-day account management work and the daily what's going on who's doing this who's doing what and we have set up a process where I'm no longer doing the work but we have good tools to make sure that I know what's going on so we we use good software solutions agency management solutions and we all keep, keep good notes so that is taken care of and then we do daily stand-ups so that we all have a good idea of what's going on. I mean there's not 20 of us right there's three yeah so you know we can manage that in a pretty reasonable way but we we try always to be very customer centric and things that a customer may not understand that they need that's why they pay us right it's like well we but you know it may not be our problem but it in effect, it affects what we do so we try to address those types of things and be very high touch in that and that is a little bit different than many organizations
1: So how do you, um, as the leader of your company, uh, what kind of atmosphere did you want to create in your business? And do you feel like you've been successful with that with your employees?
2: I think I have been somewhat successful. Um, I think that there's always room for improvement. Um, I, I think that, um, people need to work at people need to live and, you know, there are children and there are husbands and there are parents and there has been COVID and, you know, I mean, life has just gone off the rails. I don't know anybody whose life is the same as it was a year ago. Right. And I have worked mighty hard to make sure that we can all work effectively in a way that works for us. So we're all remote now. And, um, I'm the only one that comes to the office. I will be the only one coming to the office for the foreseeable future. And I was a little concerned about that, but it works. and we do um, one of us is I'm in San Antonio one of one of um, my team is in Houston so she's not going to be in the office anyway right um, but we do meet on a quarterly basis. we do weekly calls we we have a daily stand up and it's good. And we're growing. And and as much as this was a big reorganization for us, it has allowed us to access so many more opportunities than we could have a year ago. People who are in many, many different places are much more interested in talking to me now than they were a year ago.
1: So COVID has been actually a very good thing for you um, as far exactly, as-
2: being- Yes. 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 So we didn't grow. We had a pretty hefty revenue target last year. We didn't quite hit it, but that we were revenue positive was, I'm not going to complain. There's just no complaint. (laughs) And, and, you know, we grew and we, you know, I'm a big believer in things happen when they need to happen and settled, you know, we settled in, gave us some space to settle in. We grew, we acquired new clients, not at the rate that I would have liked, but I'm not sure it's ever going to be at the rate that I'm going to like. And, Um, we're set, we have a huge pipeline and we've got great opportunities in front of us that we're already seeing come to fruition. So it was a really good professional year for us. And nobody in my close orbit has been unduly affected by COVID. So personally, we have been inconvenienced. We have not had any major disruption in our lives. So I think we're incredibly fortunate.
1: Do you feel like that um, you have fared better than the average person in your industry or it's been about the same across the board for everybody in your industry?
2: I think for the people in my industry that do what I do, we have all seen a similar result. We've, um, we've grown maybe not as much as we would have liked, but we've grown. We've, we've moved our businesses along Um, for the more, for the less forward-thinking part of our industry, I think it's been all right. But I think that if you've got a big block of business in in some of the industries that were heavily affected by COVID, it has not been a good year for you. We didn't have that.
1: So um, I wanna go back to something you stated about how you didn't like sales. Sales is like the key component of owning a business. And I have seen people, including myself, over and over again, it is a hard thing to, to learn. It is a very hard thing to learn. What are some things that you can share with our listeners that might be helpful to them as you've struggled to learn how to enjoy sales? So
2: I think everybody has to come to it on their, on its, on their own. And there are still some things that I do not like about it. I also believe that you must believe in what you're selling. If you don't believe in what you're selling, you know, that is going to come across somewhere along the line. And I think authenticity is incredibly important. And I have just learned to accept that I am who I am. It's really not so terrible. And um, I kind of attract like people to me. Mm -hmm. And when you just treat people like they're people and you try to do something positive for them, then most of the stingy part of sales is removed.
1: So when you were starting your business and it was just you and you had to do the sales, um, how painful was that for you to get to that part, or was it because you already had those clients in place? From so pre- I,
2: I I pretty much blew up my existing business. I could my existing business was mostly referred to me by other brokers, so for me that business was hands off. And so some brokers pulled it, some went, listen, I don't care what you're doing, you're gonna keep doing this, which was one of the best compliments and I received it more than one time. It was one of the best compliments ever in my professional life.
1: Absolutely.
2: And, um, but eventually that business goes away because I wouldn't take any more of it on. So there, I had some runway, right? I It wasn't a, a black and white kind of transition. It was more of an ease of transition. And I still am terrible at cold outreach. So we spend a lot of time on how not to have cold outreach and how to have warmer conversations with people or let people tell me that they wanna to talk to me. Um, fortunately, you know, we've we've done some marketing, we've got a a, a a some email campaigning going on right now. I we outsource that. So we were very fortunate. So by the time people get to me, they want to hear what I have to say. It doesn't mean that the sale is over. It's just started, but it's not a cold conversation.
1: Right. Right. It's hard going from a cold conversation to a sales.
2: Yes. And, and what I do, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a buying cycle and there's a buying season for what I do. So, you know, I'm never going to, get on a phone with somebody today and sell it today. That, well, I mean, I might, but that would be very surprising. Generally it's a few calls and it's some time and it's a, who are you? I mean, you're entrusting me with a healthcare for your company. That's not nothing.
1: No, that's huge. Huge.
2: Yes. And I'm asking you to do things that you maybe hadn't thought of, or maybe you're be like, what? why do you want me to do that? (laughs) And, uh, you know so that that is my biggest enemy is the status quo that that is my foe not anybody else there there are some other people that do what i do there are some other people that do it more traditionally that that is not the problem the problem is not changing what you're doing and that's kind of the definition of insanity so <laughs> you know but change is hard for people
1: Change is very hard for people. Um, how many do you have you figured out how many times you have to touch somebody before they're ready to even have a conversation with you guys? Uh,
2: for us, it's not so much a number as it is a time. <laughs> so it may be a year or two before That's people. Nice, yeah. that, that is not unusual for the largest account I have in my career. Um, it took me five years.
1: Wow.
2: That's impressive. So, but, you know, when it it, it was a large opportunity that those companies do not make change, they don't make decisions lightly or rapidly. And that's not a criticism. That's, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of moving parts. You have to be sure it's the right thing for your organization.
1: Yeah, it's a smart thing. yeah. Yeah, totally a smart thing to do. So tell me about what size companies do you like to insure? So, we
2: are the advisor. so we we develop the strategy, and if you need us to execute it for you, we can do that as well. And we, in our marketing, we generally talk to employers with a thousand to about twenty five hundred employees. And we can go larger, but that's a little bit of a different process. So, and that market is not as underserved as the, as that hundred to twenty five hundred. And within that market, that hundred to five hundred life employer is so incredibly underserved that those are the are the employers that I just love. Cause they're like, well, we spend all this money and we don't. Yeah, I know, I know. How about if we did this? And you know, a lot of those are privately held. They're still owned by either the the founder or the children of the founder. So the risk management, tolerance for risk, understanding how to deal with risk is. It's right there, right? You're not dealing with a corporate anywhere else. It's, and it's personal. When you own a business and you have 150 employees, you care about those people if you're a good boss. Yeah. So those are the interesting people for me to work for. And, and I think I do something for them that very few people in my market do.
1: And what is that?
2: Help them get control of their costs, not on the back of their employee.
1: What's one of their um, biggest mistakes that they make when they, you find when they come to you?
2: They think that it is safer to be fully insured than it is to be partially self-insured.
1: Ah, that is very interesting. And what advice do you end up giving them?
2: Uh, I have a, a very good professional friend. His name is Lester Morales, and he put it very clearly one day. Insurance company revenue is your premium. They are interested in growing their revenue. They are not interested in containing your costs. True. So if you are interested in containing your costs, you must contain your costs. And I don't mean you, the employer. You need to engage people who will help you contain your costs. That's a very specialized thing.
1: Wow, that this is very interesting. Very interesting. So, um, I think as um, business owners, do you only do in your area in San Antonio, or how? No, your we
2: call? have we have clients in six states, um, and we can certainly expand that as we need to.
1: And how can they get a hold of you, Allison?
2: So, our website is www.altique.com. We, of course, have a contact form there. There's an audit there. There's a guide there for how to do what we do. Um, Happy to answer questions. You can grab some time on my calendar. Um, I'm pretty engaged in this subject. I think you might have seen that. Um, There are lots of things that employers can do that do not require radical change, but will help shift the paradigm into their favor and not into somebody else's. And I think we have as an industry brainwashed employers into thinking that there's nothing they can do. And I'm going to call foul on that.
1: Good for you. Get the power back into their business. Good for them, the business owner. Well, thank you, Allison, so much for this valuable information. I'm excited for our listeners. Um, So definitely go check out her website and see if she can help you. Um, I I would imagine she can because this sounds really fascinating. Um, So thank you.
0: Carol Schultz here, thank you so much for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit www.verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, would you please share this episode on LinkedIn? You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know somebody that would be a great guest, Tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter and let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, please go to my website, verticalelevation.com or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.